Welcome to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well while you're at it at Locked on Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. I'm uh, just going to say that I uh, I apologize for being away last week. I did uh, put a note out on Twitter that I wasn't going to be able to uh, to put out shows last week. I was I was away, so I wasn't going to uh, to be near a computer or near a microphone in order to record episodes. But I mean, it's the off season, so uh, you know the, the players get to take some time off. I, uh, I I took a week off as well, and now that we've hit November too, actually the Locked On Podcast Network kind of scales it back a little bit. Uh, so we're going to be doing three shows a week now. So that's three shows Monday through Friday. Expect to hear this voice um, and some others as I'll be bringing on some guests as well to kind of help us navigate through the the off season because you don't want to just hear me all the time because I'm sure you guys get sick of hearing my voice every single day on the podcast. So I'll uh, we'll try and shake it up a little bit, maybe get some some journalists of sorts uh, out here. We'll probably get some, you know, some other guys who have been on the podcast before, some guys here at TSN, some former players perhaps. Sent out a couple of feelers, hoping to get some responses to join us here on the Locked On Lease podcast. Um, but today uh, we're going to, speaking of journalists, actually be discussing this very interesting article that was posted in the Toronto Star. Uh, and before I do get to it, I do want to let you guys know that today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. Um, so, yeah. So, for those who haven't seen this article yet, it was written by Dave Festchuk, sports columnist for the Toronto Star. Um, and it's entitled, it's titled, what if the Maple Leafs experimented with three defensemen and two forwards? Is it worth a shot? Now, based off of that title, right away I said, uh, no, what the heck are you thinking there, Dave? Truly is the off season when you're thinking about some nonsense stuff like that. But then I actually gave the article a read because I think that's important. Never, guys, if there's anything that I could tell you from being uh, somewhat of a journalist is, is, you know, don't just headline read and think that is exactly what the article is. At least give them a chance to explain themselves within the article for why they believe it. Because more times than not, you'll say... Okay, I can I can see why you would think that's a good idea. You can disagree with the point entirely. You totally have that option. But at least uh, give it a read and then listen to their points and decipher based on that if you think that it's still a good idea or not. So, like I said, at first I said it to myself, that sounds crazy because you think about the Maple Leafs, you don't think about them having, uh, you know, being a defensive team, right? You think, okay, so they've got forwards for days, and they're very short-handed when it comes to defensemen. I mean, yes, they added TJ Brody. You know, Jake Muzzin's a very good defenseman, Morgan Riley. But then they got some question marks throughout the rest of their roster. So if you're going to try and throw out, you know, three defensemen per line, you're looking to probably roll, like, what, nine defensemen deep on a team? Uh, the Leafs don't really have the bodies to do that. So uh, I, I think that in that sense, this is somewhat of a flawed concept. But keep in mind, this actually wasn't uh, Dave Vestchuk's concept. 
So a lot of people have been mistaken when they're talking about saying, oh, Dave's out of his mind. Again, that's you reading the title and not actually digging into the article because this is really actually the um, a, a new wave a new way of thinking of the game by Jack Hahn, who is actually a former Marley's coach, who I believe coached under um, Sheldon Keefe, so knows Sheldon Keefe really well. Uh, he also writes a book and and uh, has, has done some other stuff. But Jack Hahn is, uh, is known to be kind of a thinker in the game, and sometimes it's, it's a little bit too when you're trying to reinvent the wheel and that's kind of what it seems like he's doing a little bit here, but I'll get into it and and I'll let you guys know exactly what he's trying to do. So yeah, two forwards and three defensemen is, is pretty well what he's going to do. And so this is out of the, this is a little quote out of the article where Dave Feschuk initially saw what Hahn had wrote. So, in a recent edition of his Hockey Tactics newsletter, Hahn discussed the potential merits of icing two forwards in front of three defensemen as opposed to the typical allotment of three and two. Hahn is in the belief that Sheldon Keefe, with whom Hahn worked on with the Marlies, may be inclined to try such a strategy in the coming season. So Han is of the belief that Sheldon Keefe may go out and try and do a, a two-forward, three-defenseman unit at some point next year. Uh, I, I, I'm i not so sure about that. But then, you know, Han spoke with Dave Feschuk, and he cites uh, kind of a, look at that soccer. So he, he says that this is what happened with soccer. The the thought process, and I think we would all agree, the thought process is, and this is why in power plays you see a four-man forward unit on the power play and just one defenseman because the, the thought is that it's going to create more offense. Well, he cites that in soccer, actually, um, back in the day, they tried to change it up and actually have much more strikers and forwards playing, and they tried to have a 4-5 thinking that would make more goals. In actuality, it didn't, and the teams were better off who had more midfielders and defenders back there to limit chances. So that's kind of where his the, the base of this premise is, is if you have a three-man defensive unit, odds are less is going to happen against you. And when you have such talent on offense like the Leafs do, you could go out there and um, have some success in the offensive zone and then mitigate the chances against in the defensive zone with an extra defender out there. And he cites that a, a high F3 concept is kind of a modern, a modern way of doing things that's happening now. He says that there's a lot of offensive schemes that has a forward kind of hang up high around the blue line um, to mitigate against uh, uh, something, uh, the opposing team going the other way so that it's kind of more of a three on three thing instead of a three on two. And he says, why not instead of having a high F3, just make him an actual defenseman, a guy who traditionally can skate down the ice. And and this is a big thing, too. He says that they have to be able to skate. Skating is is key for this as well as being able to pass the puck, um, which is why he also believes that Sandine, uh, Mac Hollowell, he believes is an underrated prospect who's going to get an opportunity. And he says Timothy Lilligren as well, actually, a guy who he coached down in the Marlies would be somebody who could be deployed in this specific 
in this new age thinking uh, unit, I suppose we'll call it. Um, but yeah, so instead of just having a, you know the forward hang back around the blue line, just make it a defenseman. Like, why not? So that was one thing that he kind of said that there's, you know, they're 50% the way there with this high F3 concept. Why not just go the full 100 and give it a go? Okay. Maybe, I suppose, but I'm still not buying it. And this was a little bit where I started to look at it. I could see why you would think the Leafs specifically would be an intriguing option to do this. And he notes the the salary cap structure that could force the Leafs into trying this out. So the salary cap. And as we all know, the Leafs are right up against it. Right up against it. Uh, they are currently over the cap, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or just slightly, I'll figure that out in just a moment, but they're right there around the cap. Um, I can't remember what it, what it was last I looked, but I'm pretty sure they might be just slightly over, and they got to send some contracts down uh, to the minors before they can officially be underneath the, the 81 and a half uh, threshold. But there was a good point that he made here a little bit when he talked about uh, the the salary cap. So, and I'm just trying to find it here in the article. I had it, had it, and I lost it, but I'm trying to find it real quick. Okay. So, he says that Fords are expensive. And... We know this being Maple Leafs when you think, you know, you're, you're, most of your salary cap is tied up in four guys, right? Where defensemen are relatively cheaper, he writes. And because of that, if the Leafs have some modestly paid blue liners with the skating ability and hockey sense to make a two, three configuration work. And that's why, you know, he says you've got Riley, Muzzin, you've got, uh, TJ Brody, I agree. All three of those would be able to do this, but then it gets so bleak. And he believes, Jack Hahn, that Sandine, Lilligren, Mac Hollowell could run this along with the guys who are, are currently there. I think I saw, he said, um, yeah, Marinchin. So this is how he actually saw it break down. This is how he has the defensive trios his, his, in his lineup going. Morgan Riley, Travis Dermott, TJ Brody. Timothy Lilligren, Jake Muzzin, Justin Hull. Marty Marincin, Rasmus Sandin, and then Mac Hollowell. So those were his defensive trios. I'll get to the forwards in just a moment. But so that was his way of of saying that because you have so much spent up front, you kind of need to uh you can't afford to spend any more money up front. You gotta spend on the back end. And instead of being really bleak in your third and fourth lines. Instead, just have guys who are talented in the defensive end or more suited for defensive roles playing back there. So, I, I just, I, I understand it, the fact that he's saying, like, forwards are expensive. You're not going to be able to pay everybody. Zach Hyman's, you may not be able to pay him next year. 
What are you going to do with Mikheyev when his contract uh, comes up in a couple of years and he keeps trending the way that he's trending, you know, next year, if, it, you know, Wayne Simmons goes, Thornton goes, are players going to be wanting a little bit more money next season? Are they going to have to fill it in around the edges? You know, like who knows what that forward line is going to look like? Who knows what the team is going to look like a year from now? But coming up this season, I think it's safe to say that they have a lot of money tied up in their forwards. And going forward, they would be better off if they could spend a little bit more money on their D. And by doing that, instead of paying a guy like Wayne Simmons $1.5 million, I know that's not a lot of money, but instead of doing it, or or even an Alex Kerfoot $3.5 million, you just don't have that player on the team. Instead, you get yourself a couple of defensemen who are modestly paid, like Sandine, right? Like uh, Travis Dermott, who's making under a mil. So instead of having those players, you get yourselves better D and more D to play in the defensive end. Uh, what else did he have here? It, yeah, I, <laughs> this one, I, I just, I, it's, it is a weird concept to to wrap your head around, and I qu- haven't quite done it yet. Uh, but. Here's a quote from Jack Hahn uh, in regards to this. He says, they're heavy up top, and they have a lot of D who are okay but need a little help. It's a configuration that can help them, he said. It's a way to find cap efficiency. It's also a way to maximize your talent and insulate some of the weaknesses these talents have. Right. So that was where I was like, okay, that makes sense. That one makes a little sense. It's probably the one that makes sense the most. The fact that they are top-heavy, and they have some D that could use a little bit of help. And and I think it's it's easier to give them help by giving them another defenseman than another kind of winger that rotates through. So, you know, like, who's going to be better off in the defensive end? A guy like, I don't know, Jimmy VC, or a guy like Travis Dermott? You'd probably be better off putting a player like Travis Dermott in, in, in this scenario. And... I agree. That's how you can kind of insulate some of the weaknesses on this team because their D are so weak that you kind of beef it up a little bit with an extra player who's defensively minded. And like you said, cap, odds are you're going to find a cheaper defenseman than a cheaper forward. This year's a little different, obviously, because COVID hit. Guys like Wayne Simmons signed for a mil and a half. Guys like Jimmy VC signed for, you know, I think it was like, 700,000 or a shade under a million. Like you had decent players who signed pretty, pretty cheap deals, but I still believe that it makes sense to kind of insulate the weaknesses of your team by adding more defensemen to kind of help out, you know, that second or third pairing that might need it a little bit. Um, Or even potentially like if we tweak this uh, just a tad, you know, before I get into that, let me let me just we'll, we'll take a quick break, and when we get on to the other side, I'll tell you what my thoughts are and how I think we could tweak this a little bit for it to make a little bit more sense. But before I do, let me tell you about today's show sponsor, and that's Built Bar. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. 
They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. And right now, you can get a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for a chance at a free cooler and 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano still with you. We are analyzing this interesting article that was written in the Toronto Star by Dave Festchuk in regards to a former Marley's coach, Jack Hahn, and his idea that an experiment with a 2-4-3 defensive unit could potentially be in play for the Maple Leafs next season. Now, it makes sense sometimes, and it doesn't make sense other times. And I'll tell you when it makes sense. So if I'm thinking about this third D pairing. Right now, who do we have? Probably going to look at Bogosian and one of either Dermot or uh, potentially it could end up being uh, Miko Lettinen, right? So is Bogosian and Miko Lettinen a solid defensive team pairing? I don't know. I, could they use a little bit of help? Maybe add in a Dermot? Yeah, maybe. So now all of a sudden, that third pairing becomes a three-man unit. You keep I'm so basically what I'm saying here is instead of a fourth line, instead of having a traditional fourth line, I think what the Leafs could experiment with, which may make sense, is having a third defensive unit on uh, or a third defenseman on the third pairing unit and have that be a, a threesome unit and you only throw them out there with either the third or the fourth line just so that you could have a little bit more defense, uh, be insulated a little bit, uh, limit chances on the offensive end when you have, you know, kind of your subpar players out there and you hope for the best, realistically. And then where it could also work here is maybe even a guy like, we'll say, uh, Marner and and Matthews end up as a two-man unit. Well, those two together, it doesn't even matter who's on their wing. They could really make some magic in the offensive end. So what if you did have a third-pairing defenseman there just so that they could be ultra-aggressive with those two in the offensive on the in the offensive zone so that if they do make a mistake and cough up the puck, then it's not a two-on-one going back. Or a three-on-two going back the other way. Instead, it's a three-on-three or a two-on-three. And you got to get through three defensemen to try and make a play. That's a little tough. So I I understand where you can look at it and say, if all goes well and this happens, we look like geniuses. But I just don't see it. 
I I don't see this team doing that. And yeah, this is what Jack Hans lineup looks like. You know, he's got Matthews and Marner, Tavares and Nylander, Kerfoot and Spezza, and then Thornton and Nick Robertson. And then his ninth forward would be one of Wayne Simmons, Jimmy VC, Travis Boyd, or uh, Alexander Barabanov. So essentially, yeah, instead of having, you know, four times three, he's just going to have four two-man pairs and then a ninth four just to have to kind of toss out there. Probably uh, a a special teams specialist who's going to kill penalties for you um, and and who you can put out there in a pinch if a guy like Thornton or Spezza uh, are kind of sucking wind a little bit or somebody gets injured, you do have that extra forward. And then for the defense trios... Like I already stated before, Morgan Riley, Travis Dermott, TJ Brody, and then you got Lilligren, Muzzin, Hall, and then Marinchin, Sandine, and Mac Hollowell. That's the lineup that he projects. You let me know if you think that is a case a good idea. Like I, I don't know. I there the only thing that I I kind of like about it is the fact that they are insulating uh, this defense a little bit. You know. I, I just think that that third pairing isn't, you know, as strong as it could be. And, and maybe instead of having, you know, like Joe Thornton, Nick Robertson, and Jimmy VC on a line, you kind of swap Jimmy VC out of there. You just have Thornton, Robertson. And instead, now you've got, you know, uh, who would it be? Letnin, Sandine, and, uh, you know, Dermot, we'll say. Like, that may be better for this team than putting a guy like Jimmy Vc out there. Limits chances, and then you could probably go the other way with Thornton and Robertson. They could do something. And you have guys who can skate and move the puck well enough, like Letton and Dermott, where they could actually jump into the offense if need be. Morgan Riley. You could do the same thing if if this you know if it's his pairing that's out there. It, they wouldn't be called pairings; they'd be called trios, I suppose. But that trio that's out there. So let, don't just scoff at it because there are slight, ever so slight merits to this. I just don't think the Leafs are the team to do it. I do think they need to be deeper on defense, and I don't think who they have right now. Are guys you want in there? Like, is Mac Hollowell ready for the NHL? I don't think so. Even if he is, you know, has Brenchin and, and Sandine on his side, I, that doesn't make me feel good, to be honest. Like, we don't even know if Lilligren's ready for, for NHL minutes, and, and he's currently, you know, he's penciled in as a second trio right now alongside Muzzin and Justin Hall. You know, do we want Marinchin ever in there every single night? Nope. So there are some flawed... There's some flaws here. Now, obviously, you don't expect for a team to be nine guys deep in NHL bodies. Um, But this team specifically is not, which is why it was kind of interesting that of all teams to choose to write about uh, or to acknowledge that he could see that team doing it. And I get it because, you know, Jack Hahn and, and Sheldon Keefe probably know each other pretty well based on their time with the Marlies. And, you know, he knows that Keefe is a pretty, is a smart guy. He does like to to, to try some off the board uh, things a little bit. 
and maybe he figures that this could happen. I believe he did say that he he didn't, yeah. He said, quote, I haven't talked to Sheldon since writing about the concept, but I would say the likelihood is pretty high. I think you'll see some of that, he said. So if we see it, I mean, good for good for Han for pointing it out. I just don't know when. <laughs> and it might have to be, you know, depending on the team. It may have to be team dependent. You know what I mean? Like based on who they're playing. But how are you going to be able to carry that many defensemen on any given night if you're doing it that way? You're going to have to have a guys who who are on two-way deals so you can just send back down, send up and down uh, the the and and not have to go through waivers. You can just pull them up and down. It's 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 a weird concept. I, I do need to know a little bit more, but um, I, I can see where you would think that with the right team, with the right players, with the right uh, concept and coach, that maybe there could be some slight success. I don't think the Leafs are that team. There's just not enough talent on the back end to warrant them putting more defense out there. Right, like they're they're so forward heavy. Why would you want to take that away from them? Right, like you're you're taking away what looks to be their strength. And again, they're taking from their strength to try and add to the weakness. I mean, maybe that means trading one of the players that you have for another defenseman. Like, as you'll know, Zach Hyman actually was not. Even was Zach Hyman even on here? Yeah, Zach Hyman didn't even make Jack Hahn's list. So I don't know if he's just assuming that that's, you know, uh, he would get traded here, but he didn't even make Jack Hahn's list. That either is a uh, typo or just kind of went over his head to forget about him. But I mean, as far as I know, Hyman's still on this team. So that's interesting. I might have to shoot a little note out to my guy, Dave, and be like, hey, what uh, what happened to Hyman in this hypothetical? Why isn't he in the lineup? And it doesn't seem like y'all traded for any defensemen, so what happened to Zach Hyman here? Uh, but anyways, it's, like I said, it's a flawed concept, but uh, there, there are some merits to it where I think in certain instances it could work. Specifically, actually, I've always wondered this. Why don't teams do it on the penalty kill? Right? Like, doesn't that make sense to to, to to people? When you're killing off penalties, usually, usually, you have defensemen who are a lot better. So if you carried seven defensemen on your roster, one, like, and what whoever the seventh defenseman is would have to kind of be specifically a penalty kill specialist, so let's say, you know, like Marty Marincin or Zach Bogosian would be your guy in this particular circumstance where, you know, the, the, with the Maple Leafs. And, yeah, he's going to get some minutes on the third line or whatnot, but really he's going to be a defensive specialist. And whenever you got uh, a um, whenever you got a penalty kill, you shove out three, three defense and just one forward. Right? So you think, like, Zach Hyman would be the forward for the first team, and maybe you toss out, you know, Mitch Marner would be the one for the second unit. 
and I maybe Wayne Simmons, I guess. You could do this here instead of, of Marner if you want to keep him fresh. And they just toss out defensemen. Right? It's like Wayne Simmons and 3D and then Marner slash or uh, Hyman and 3D. You couldn't do that if you're only dressing six because then that would obviously mean that all six of your guys would be on the penalty kill. And we don't want that. Like, you know, there, there are some guys who just aren't great penalty killers. We, oh, we know that. You know, there's a reason why Tyson Berry wasn't on the penalty kill last year, and it's because they're just not great. You know, I don't know enough about Miko Lettinen to know whether or not he's going to be a, a decent penalty killer, but uh, I, I don't think he'd be the best penalty killer based on the few clips and uh, that I've seen and the few articles that I've read. Doesn't seem like a defensive stud. Right, so I think there's still uh, still even some holes there. But it's interesting, and I, and I do really do appreciate people thinking outside the box. I think that's how the game evolves and grows, and somebody is bound to try this now that it's out there in the universe. I would be hard-pressed to think that Jack Hahn is the first team or first player to ever imagine this I would imagine that it's something that's been bandied about in coaches uh, coaching locker rooms or coaches rooms for years and they've just said nah it's just not going to work for us and I think the same thing will happen but eventually we're going to see somebody try it will it be Sheldon Keith I don't know I don't think so but it could be and if it is, we, we all owe Jack Hahn an apology and, and Dave Festchuk because a lot of people think that Festchuk actually is the one who agrees with this when really he just you know kind of saw what Hahn wrote and is writing about why Hahn believes that this is a good idea. I believe he's going to be on Overdrive tomorrow or today if you're listening to this on Tuesday. And I <laughs> I would be surprised if this article didn't get brought up. So uh, listen to Overdrive if you do want to hear a little bit more from Dave Festchuk about this idea. And maybe, you know, there's some stuff that he left out of the article that Han said that could work. So, yeah. But I think uh, I think I, that's, that's going to do it here for the podcast. I rambled a little bit too much there. But that's okay. Just uh, keep... Remember that this is now going to be uh, three days a week as opposed to five. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Lease podcast on all podcast platforms. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at McKinnis Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast, where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.